Hello, welcome back to Sextras. Where we talk about sex and all the extras. I'm Honey. And I'm Maria. And today we are joined by Cecile from Smile Makers. She's the brand and e-commerce director. And if you guys don't know Smile Makers, it's a really cool vibrator, like sex toy company that focuses on female pleasure. And yeah, we're going to talk to her about this research that they've done with Mumsnet about like reconnecting women people with vulvas to their bodies after childbirth so yeah we're really excited to get into it and we talk all about like the taboos around motherhood and sexuality like finding pleasure in your body again because like a massive issue can be that mums kind of don't feel connected to their physical bodies and they feel like it's just kind of a what's the word a vessel a vessel yeah yeah or like even just the fear of like the pain of sex and yeah just this focus on like penetrative sex as a whole in society and how if we move away from that we might feel a little bit better i'm sure cecile has a lot of amazing things to say so let's get into it Okay, thank you so much for joining us, Cecile. We are really excited to hear what you have to say about the research Smile Makers have done into sexuality after motherhood. As we were just kind of touching on, it's not something that's spoken about often. And especially in this podcast, we definitely talk a lot about people having sex in their 20s and our own experiences, but we can't talk about motherhood from personal experience. So it's great to kind of hear everything you guys have found out in your work. Could you tell us a little bit about what the research has entailed, what you guys are trying to do at Smile Makers? Of course. So first of all, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a really cool project that you two have created with uh, the podcast. And we're really, really excited at Smile Makers to, to be part of that conversation. So my name is Cecile. I'm brand director for Smile Makers. Uh, I apologize for the French accent. I hope it will still be <laughs> understandable by your audience and it will not validate too many cliches around French people. So Smile Makers, very quickly, we, are, uh, we were created in 2012 and the purpose of the brand was really to normalize the perception of female sexuality by creating sexual wellness products to bring them in mainstream retail, in mainstream media, and really to bring that conversation around female pleasure in all other places where you would find content about other wellness topics. And I'm thinking about, I don't know, sports, sleep, nutrition, mental health. Uh, those are all aspects of our well-being, but so is sex. And for us, it did not make sense that sex was so ostracized from the public discourse. Um, so that was our intention. And what's been interesting in that journey is that we started out with the big taboo of like talking about female sexuality. And it was like, like this big chunk of things to address. And we wanted to tackle that by having, you know, like rethinking the way the products are created, rethinking the way you, you're going to be able to buy them, where you're going to be able to buy them, what you're going to read about uh, pleasure. But very early on, what we realized was that when you want to tackle the topic of female sexuality, it's just not one lump of things it's many small lumps gathered together that create that and there are lots of subtopics in the topic of female sexuality there's of course a lot of things around gender roles uh there's a lot of things around 
the female body misunderstanding or a misinterest from the medical community for the female body and therefore misunderstanding for female-bodied people of their own body, what how it works, how they can experience pleasure. Um, and that's why over time we try to develop as much as possible content, but product as well that are going to be more specific to a subgroup's experience. Uh, so for example, uh, we have a, a tongue vibrator, which is very, very light and delicate. And that's a great product for people who suffers from vaginismus, for example, because that creates a very delicate touch on the genital area, and it also invites them to explore pleasure beyond the genital area. Um, and the reason why we want to normalize a conversation around female sexuality without normalizing it is because we realized as we were like pushing things forward when it comes to debunking uh, or lifting the stigma around female sexuality was that there is a real pitfall that at the end we're like, okay, we are allowed to talk about sex for people with all us, but it's going to be only that topic and we're only going to talk about certain experiences and we are going to normalize only certain practices. And so that will kind of be like a pick and choose. And we are already living in a society that um, really standardizes a lot the conversation around female sexuality. And that's what we were talking about just before we uh, hopped on that, the podcast, that there's a lot more is shown about sexuality of people in their 20s, uh, oftentimes heterosexual people, uh, with oftentimes the same body shape, same skin color. Like It's very, very standardized, and they're going to have sex always doing if it's on screen it's always going to be doing the same things and in a certain order it's very rare on screen to see something like uh, a heterosexual couple having sex the man have an orgasm has an orgasm and then they continue having sex in different ways and they just continue like there's always like this very scripted way in which things happen so all that to say like that we know we needed to have a um, an understanding and build a, a knowledge around female sexuality that was grounded in authentic experiences. And that means listening to what people are sharing about their experiences, be it in the questions that they're going to send us or testimonial or even feedback that they send on the products. It's always so cute. Like we have so many people reaching out and saying, oh, I've bought that. I'm an 80-year-old man in Texas, and I bought that for my wife, and I, I wish that there was a brand like you when she and I were in our 20s, because there would have been like such a different journey for us. And we've really <laughs> received messages like that. And whenever we do, it's like, oh, there are so many more ways that people have experiencing sex that what we are actually exposed to mm -hmm. in popular media. So that got us eventually to reflecting on the topic of motherhood and sex because we had uh, we had conversations on that with our community that very directly first on our instagram on our social media channels then a couple of years ago we did a partnership with um a baby food brand in the uk actually called mama made and we surveyed their community and we surveyed ours about what was like how was the conversation and their knowledge about how to resume sex uh after childbirth and already there we're like oh there's something to do here 
And then Mumsnet teams uh, reached out to us and they were like, we know that the topic of sex is a literally hot topic on Mumsnet. Lots of people are talking about it, looking for information, sharing the fact that it is a, a moment in life where they feel very vulnerable, but also at, at lost to find reliable sources to understand how the experience of pregnancy and childbirth and parenthood it has impacted their body, their, um, their sex drive, their sexuality, and how to rediscover themselves and what they should expect or what they can expect uh, from that. So we decided to partner up and to start really with this research-heavy phase where we would first gather a bit all the information that was already on Mumsnet to understand where is the conversation at when it comes to sex after childbirth. And very clearly, there was a lot of um, people saying that they just don't find enough support uh, with the medical staff uh, to understand how to navigate that time after childbirth. Uh, obviously, that it's uh, they don't really know when and they feel like they're a bit late on the schedule to resume sex after childbirth. But at the same time, it's something that feels very intimidating and even a bit scary. So eventually what we did is that we we led a focus group with Mumsnet users really to discuss with them directly. So it was around a bit more than 20 people, if I recall correctly. And the, the objective of this was to gather really qualitative testimonials, people like sharing their experience. And what I found very moving was that almost all of them said that they were in awe to, uh, at what their body had done. They were very proud of what their body had, had accomplished. And that was true at the same time as the fact that they also felt estranged in their body. Uh, they did not recognize their body. They felt really self-conscious about their body because those are female-bodied people. And in our world, like we have such strong pressure about how our body should look, especially to be sexually desirable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them felt that first their body had become a vessel for childbearing and then breastfeeding. And second, that they were no longer, that they did not find themselves very desirable anymore. So there was a lot of things around body image. And then the two other main things were exhaustion, lack of time, like release. A lot of them were like, I'm thinking about it, about the topic of sex. I know that we should resume that, that it's important. I want to resume intimacy, but I just don't find the time and we're so exhausted. Uh, which I would, I admit is the trickiest part to address because you can, like that and body image, it's really, really hard to address that if you're just a brand and all you can do is create a product or a service. And as much as we would love to, we're not going to like create time in their uh, back schedule. And the third one was about fear of pain. That was interesting because a lot of people mentioned that and we, we had a, quantitative survey to measure a bit those insights after and that really got confirmed by the quantitative survey there's a fear of pain and when we were doing the focus group it was really interesting to see when we asked about how do you feel about resuming sexual activity and we phrased it like that everyone interpreted the question as um, how do you feel about resuming penetrative sex 
So the majority of people in that group, they were in heterosexual relationships. There were female-bodied people having sex with male-bodied people. But even so, it's always very interesting to see how we have these mental shortcuts in heterosexual settings that sex equates penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. Because just after that, we had a follow-up questions like, but masturbation is uh, a sexual activity. Have you resumed that? And a lot of them said, actually, yes, I have. So I think an interesting learning that is not just about uh, people who've recently given birth is the fact that we have this narrow understanding of what sex is and that makes Mm -hmm. us feel uh, that can create a lot of pressure, especially for people who have vaginismus or people with penises who might find it challenging to get an erection, for example, and that creates, you know, performance uh, pressure, performance Mm -hmm. anxiety. So that's really the context in which we worked on the topic of mother and sexuality. Great, that sounds so interesting. And I feel like the whole thing that you're saying of like resuming sex just being about penetrative sex is like such a mm. widespread issue, not just kind of limited to sex after childbirth. So what were kind of the the steps or like what did you kind of find out would be important for these mothers in like resuming their sexuality and like what were the kind of main things that they actually wanted to focus on the the main thing that they wanted to focus on actually was resuming intimacy and basically finding a way to connect with themselves and their partner in a way that felt not you know logistical like taking care of this or that in the house and with the baby and work and all that or I don't know dinner Mm. but moments that would be for themselves and for their partner where they could actually reconnect with each other and be again in a role where they are lovers not necessarily uh, having physical sex together and I'm not even talking about penetrative sex here but just moments where they could reconnect intimately uh, with their partner, their yeah, their partners. That was like a, a very strong insight. And interestingly, so we developed a product for using other insights, uh, not just the, the the this this interest for intimacy, but insights around their like penetration is a scary thing, but there's a way to reconnect with pleasure by focusing on external pleasure there might be scarring around the um, the vulva area which might make the um, sensitivity heightened and therefore touch more uncomfortable so we used a very soft and flexible texture so that the touch on the vulva be very soft and then we focused the stimulation with like a, a curved tip so that it really focuses on the clitoral glands which is the most sensitive part of the clitoris, which is exposed on the vulva. So we did factor the insight on lack of time because we were like, we have to go for the win. We're going to use the most efficient type of stimulation that is the most likely to deliver like a climactic experience in a short time. But so we developed the product using those insights. And then we had people among Mumsnet's community testing the product. And several mentioned that they had found it useful to have that toy as kind of like a 
a proxy to start a conversation around intimacy and then resuming intimacy with their partner because it kind of made it a bit playful, a bit fun, like it broke with the routine in which they were. Obviously, like there are many other ways than using a vibrator to resume intimacy, like massage oils, candles, music, just like cuddling or showering together. Um, and the the main insight was about how do I reconnect with my partner? Interestingly, what we found was that more than one of two people who had given birth recently said that they had masturbated since birth since the birth of their of their child and that a lot of them were using toys i think it's above 40 percent were using toys not necessarily just to masturbate sometimes it was with their partner and that they preferred external toys again tying back to this insight around the fear of engaging sexually through a penetrative activity be it like with a penis or with a toy like they they much prefer to focus on a type of stimulation that is does not have a risk of feeling painful because it's not going to be in a, a region where, where there's been tearing uh, and is most likely to feel pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So did you find that mothers prefer to kind of like reconnect with their sexuality through like partnered sex or kind of by themselves and like getting in touch with their body or are they kind of connected I think they're kind of connected I I did find it interesting that more than one out of two had basically made time and found time to masturbate Mm. Um, but what was interesting during the focus groups or where we were talking directly to them was that they did not necessarily see that as resuming sexual activity mm-hmm. as it was more as if it was more like yes a normal which is a normal practice but not necessarily perceived as part of their sex lives and really centering their sex life around partnered experiences right which is it is a pattern that a lot of us have because we're conditioned to center our approach to sex um around partnered experiences Mm. and to not really value masturbation as just a part of our sex lives as no other type of sexual experiences Mm. Mm. I mean I I can imagine like after giving birth with all the things that you've mentioned like fear of pain and not having time and also this idea of like feeling disconnected from your body I do see how like mothers might like masturbate and kind of just see it as like a functional thing that is like quite separate yeah. in a way from like sexuality and then seeing the like going back to yourself as like a partnered thing. But I was wondering whether we could talk yeah, yeah. a little bit more about that idea of like reconnecting with your body and like being separate from it and seeing it as a vessel and not seeing yourself as desirable yeah. and sort of ways that you have found that women have expressed that, like mothers have expressed that and ways that you guys have sought to address that? So we've definitely seen in the in the data and in the insight that there was a, um, yeah, an, estrange, an estrangement between 
some some people who've given birth and their and their body and how basically their attention is completely directed outwards mm. right it's directed towards the newborn and then all the logistics that's going to go around and then towards their partner because we have we saw more uh people saying that they felt that the the push to resume sexual activity was coming more from their partner than themselves. But like the, the way we wanted to to change that by having a product that was going to be something they can use with a partner because it can be an accessory to partner sex, but that they can also use on themselves was uh, by creating a product that is using the exact same type of stimulation as what the majority of people with vulvas use to masturbate. And research has shown not not just research we've done at Smile Makers, but like historically you've had like large scale scientific studies around how do people with vulvas masturbate. And one of the techniques that is by far the most used is movement to massage the clitoral glands, usually very focused on the clitoral glands. Then it can be on the clitoral glands, next to it, around it, but it's usually very centered around the clitoral mm-hmm. glands. So we decided like to f- create a product that would clearly be an extension of their hands and fingers and to invite them to give themselves pleasure on their own or with a partner. So the, the product was created by working with Mumsnet and then even the name was chosen based on insights from the Mumsnet community, was voted by the Mumsnet community, the Whisperer. And the reason why we also used the Whisperer was taking into account insights about the the lack of quiet moments in their life but also the the notion that they they want to they wanted to have something that would be discreet basically mm. that they can use is not going to be a, a very noisy toy all our toys are very silent but on this one it was really something that we wanted to make it quite like it's it's for your own moments and it's really designed to enable you to reconnect with a very pleasurable experience and to kind of like put aside the concerns that you might have around penetrative sex. It was basically like, think about resuming sexual activity through pleasure and not and not through discomfort and pain. Because when we did the survey, what we realized was that the most used sexual aids that they would use so it was like we asked about lubricant sex toys uh, massage or cufflink whatever lubricant was by far the most used and that's a really good thing and very understandable like hormones are all over the place so that's going to impact the body's ability to self-lubricate um the body has gone through a traumatic experience in the pelvic zone so that means scarring, that means that there might be sensation of discomfort or pain during penetrative sex, if they engage in penetrative sex. So using lubricants is definitely a good thing. But that was an interesting thing. Like when we saw that, we were like, oh, it's still very focused on penetrative experiences. And then they are using toys. And when they're using toys, they much prefer using external toys. That's what, that's what the survey showed. So we wanted to create a toy that would kind of put them back in the driver's seat of their pleasure and really be a way to make to make it very easy, unintimidating and fun. 
And what what's kind of the feedback that you have had in terms of the the whisperer? Like, do you think people's partners, if they're like male bodied partners, have been like understanding of that? And do you think they're just understanding overall in terms of like not wanting penetrative sex? I. I wouldn't be able to answer that question because I would be putting words in other people's mouths that I'm not sure would be uh, correct. But let me actually find, because there's a very interesting quote uh, from one of the testers who touches upon the topic of a partner who might not have been the biggest fan of the idea at first, but then really it grew uh, on on them. Mm. Um, And so that tester said, talking about their partners, uh, he was a bit shocked at first and offended, thinking he wasn't giving me sexual pleasure. However, once agreed, he would try it on me. It was a fun addition. And someone else said, uh, it made us realize that whilst our lives are tiring and busy with two young children, uh, we need to make the time to reconnect with each other in all ways. And that was very interesting to see how that kind of became a way for to reconnect people around the the topic and probably broadening the conversation around resuming sex to there are more ways than one to resume sex Mm -hmm. Uh, and we can make it fun because instead of seeing seeing it as something that is okay first we have to do it because otherwise that means that we're in a rut or whatever with this old couple Um, and second it's going to be unpleasant so those two thoughts are a very depressing way to frame resuming sex after childbirth Mm. but another way to look at it is that you have a brand new life and you have a a different level of intimacy with your partner because you've gone through something that is a lot more intense than whatever you've gone through with them before body has changed sensations might have changed the pelvic uh, anatomy the anatomy of the pelvic region might have shifted during pregnancy and childbirth, so sensations might also be different than before pregnancy. Basically, you can reinvent your sex life and see it as a blank page that you can write on with your partner. So that's a much more positive and exciting way to frame things rather than something on your to-do that is going to be very unpleasant at first. Yeah, that's so interesting that kind of like anatomically as well, because it does just seem like it's such a layered issue, like not just (laughs) taboo around. Well, I guess we haven't really touched on like taboo around sex and motherhood, so maybe we can come back to that. But um, yeah, and then all of the other things that we mentioned before. Yeah, so could we actually come back to that, the social taboos around sex and motherhood? Like, is that something that you've found women have to overcome after childbirth just like mentally and emotionally what we found from the conversation we've had with our community as much as what we've had with MomsNet, is that where we see the taboo show up more is the fact that people with vulvas and women do not necessarily find it easy to find support and information about what happens to their body after childbirth and during the breastfeeding uh, phase and how that is going to impact their sex lives and their sex drive. And it's not something that 
is talked about that much, leaving them very uh, unequipped to navigate that time. And this is really, really where we see the, the taboo. And I, I like to use that example because it's really grounded in facts. And I don't like to just make statements based on my personal perception of the matter. When we talked about the topic on Mumsnet, we were talking to people who were engaging with that topic. And again, like the, the fact that there is little information out there uh, or that medical practitioners don't necessarily have the right approach to the topic or they don't have time to cover all that with their patients, that's probably what happens. There is this we don't talk about it thing that's happening, which is by definition a taboo. And therefore, people turn to, they turn to vibrator brands and then turn to forums and therefore other people to find information and hear about other people's experiences, basically wondering, am I normal? Is this normal what's mm. happening to me? Or is there something wrong with me? And to be fair, that's not something that we observe only around sex and motherhood. The, the number of times where we get people contacting us with some version of a question that is, am I normal? Is this normal? It's just like mm. all the time. Mm. Do you have a kind of community where people can go and like discuss it amongst themselves? Or what does that kind of conversation look like with you as a brand personally? For now, we don't have a place where people can talk to each other directly without us kind of being in the middle of that. It's more like... They reach out to us through social media, or we actually lead sex ed workshops on a regular basis. Uh, we have a sex ed program that's called Volva Talks, mm. and that's been developed based on actual questions that we've received from people, and then asking those people those questions to sexual health experts um, to have like proper educated answers to to bring to them. So the way we're going to engage with our community is going to be through those workshops or by receiving questions or by like doing questions and surveys on social media to gather insights and understanding a bit where are people at and then sharing those insights with the community so that, for example, recently we did something that was interesting around anal sex and another big taboo, by the way. Uh, and then we would ask, Questions like, have you ever done anal sex basically on your own as a masturbation practice? Because, like, again, that's not a, a context in which anal sex is really talked mm -hmm. of often. And because people answer that, and you know, there was like on those Instagram surveys, whenever you answer, then you get the, the results and you can see, okay, where are you at uh, in the community mm. um, of smile makers? Mm. So that's how we we connect with the community great and is there anything else that you've kind of seen in terms of the conversation around sexuality and motherhood change since either since you've conducted the research or like since you released the whisperer so we've released it two months ago so we, i think we need to give it a bit more time uh yeah. where my hope lies is in the fact that the conversation around female reproductive health and things like childbirth menopause breastfeeding there is a growing number of studies and products and services to address those specific needs 
and it's it's quite led by brands and it's led by influencers on like sex positive or body positive or femtech influencers on social media who like gathering the research and really fostering a conversation around that and i think motherhood and mother and sex is part of that movement but i'm hoping that it is going to to really grow to a large scale recently i was talking to someone who started a, a very interesting app uh, in sweden and in the us and the app is basically a, a step-by-step journey for people who've given birth to help them understand what to expect and not not from a, a, a sexuality point of view but from like the um, scar healing, mm-hmm. uh, how their body might change and other things like that. Yeah, how their body recovers from childbirth and when they should consult with a doctor if something still feels painful or wrong after a while because that might be basically a wound caused mm-hmm. by childbirth that needs attending to. And very similar to, you know, you have those apps now where... If you're pregnant, you're going to be able to follow weeks by week what's happening in your body, the size of the embryo, what's developing right now. So basically, that's great to have that information, but it stops with childbirth. And then after that, it's like you're on your own. Mm. And so that team, they were developing that in Sweden. And she was saying that there is a growing conversation around the post-childbirth journey, but there is a lot mm-hmm. to do. Like there is massive work to do, including to get the medical community more involved uh, and more active in following up with people who've given birth so that their body does not carry wounds from childbirth throughout life when they could be addressed very quickly and properly dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like the, the first step is really like having the conversations and having the information out there yeah. so that when mothers like do go online and search about this, there actually is information yeah. out there. So that's really like, this is what, yeah. you know, we're trying to do, you guys are trying to do. So do you have any yes. sort of like main or top tips for mothers that are trying to reconnect with their sexuality that come up? you know, to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I think not necessarily putting too much pressure on themselves on resuming sexuality first. I think reconnecting with their body, like touching their body in a sensual way, maybe using massage oil just to massage their belly, massage their thighs, massage their legs, their arms, to basically, even if it's five minutes, even if it's five minutes after a shower, and I know how hard it is to find even five minutes. But to turn maybe even a shower into a moment a moment where you are taking stock of your body in a central way and paying attention and doing something nice for yourself. Then I think the the, the second tip would be like to create moments of if, if you're in a partnered relationship, like to create moments with the the partner where it might be about cuddling for five minutes at the end of the day in bed before falling asleep um or listening to a central song or like basically going step by step literally baby Mm. steps and making making it like a a slow and exciting journey and reframing that journey into something 
that can be very positive and exciting. Don't feel like that you that there is a calendar that you need to abide by because we're all very different and having a painful experience when resuming sex is not going to be a very positive onset to start from. And you've already gone through something that is traumatic for the body. So there's no need to add on to it. Start with things that are pleasurable to you and that are exciting because that will like build up desire. It will build up arousal. It will build up pleasure. Uh, and it would feel very organic to resume uh, sexuality. And sexuality does not mean penetrative activity, like <laughs> lots of stuff, sexual sexting, reading erotica, watching uh, a sensual movie, uh, doing a massage together, um, cuddling, sharing together, all that are sexual activities when you do that with uh, an intimate partner. So having a broader understanding of what sex actually is, is not just about penetrative activity. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And is there like anything you want to leave the listeners with in terms of like where they can find you or any information or like maybe you can send it to us as a link or whatever and we can put it in the show notes? Yeah, I, I will send you the link to our eShop. You can find us on social media at Smile Makers Collection. We're on TikTok, Instagram. We share sexy fun facts every day, pleasure techniques, lots of education content around pleasure. And it's really the sex ed that does not center on condoms and bananas, STIs and unwanted pregnancy. We cover the fun parts of sex. So, and we're also making it, uh, again, a broader conversation about sex because we find it a lot more exciting if we can see sex as, yeah, uh, a very broad menu that does not have just three options on it. Mm, that sounds like a great resource. So if you guys... If you guys listeners are looking for anything like definitely check that out and thank you so much for spreading thank you so much for having me yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you so much cecile we hope you guys found that really interesting obviously we are not mothers yet and like you guys are pretty much on the younger side but i think like as we get further into our 20s it's really important to kind of have an awareness of these conversations that we need to be having and like as people around us are giving birth and getting pregnant and all of that stuff like I don't know I think it's just part of like a wider conversation about sexuality and like sexual like sex can't be like equal or like pleasurable for everyone if we're not talking about like all these different aspects of complications and stuff like that so yeah. yeah thank you again to Cecile and as we said she's gonna send us some links so make sure you check those out in the episode notes if you want to know more and go visit their social media and all of that and as always you know where to find us sex trust podcast on Facebook Instagram TikTok YouTube and our website is sextrustpodcast.com and you can find all of that there but other than that we'll see you soon see you soon guys bye, bye. you've been listening to sextras presented by honey jane wyatt and maria jose hayo de tiu 
produced by Mabel Productions.